I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's always like next to me, but also just a little bit behind me as well. Like someone sort of leaning into my ears to, to tell me information. And, and I know it's over the, the conversations happening because of you know, that voice being sort of so, so close. You're listening to The Ghost Files, the podcast where everyday people share their extraordinary experiences with the spirit world. My name is Karina Machado. I'm a journalist who spent more than a decade telling stories about the spirit world through my books, Spirit Sisters, Where Spirits Dwell, and Love Never Dies, as well as my podcasts, Spirit Sisters, and now this show, The Ghost Files. Today on the show, my guest is Ben Kahn. On the surface, Ben, who's 27, lives a pleasant and seemingly ordinary life. He is a spray painter by trade and lives with his partner and their sweet two-year-old son at their home in Rankin Springs, New South Wales. But Ben has a secret. He is clairaudient. That means he can hear the voices of the dead who come to him with messages and guidance. Sometimes he receives premonitions, including one powerful moment when a dream revealed a tragedy that would overturn his world. Hi, Ben, and welcome to The Ghost Files. Thank you, Karina. Thank you for having me on the show. Now, Ben, I know that you were very close with your late mum and your grandmother, and they were such important role models in your life. Please tell us a little bit about your childhood and the ways that you bonded with them. Well, Karina, um, both my uh, grandmother and mother were uh, Catholic by religion, and uh, I I was brought up very much around uh, Catholic religion and uh, you know, I went to Catholic school, learning about commun- uh, communion, uh, reconciliation, and all those sorts of things. You know, going to church with my grandmother and and, and mum as well. <laughs> also, things like my mother and I used to have a really good connection with uh, music. My mother used to play the piano, and uh, I used to play piano as well. And we'd sit and uh, play duets, you know, for hours on end, and uh, singing songs from uh, you know. Frank Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, uh, Aretha Franklin as well. A lot of old classic uh, music. Wow, that actually sounds quite beautiful and almost a bit rare in this day and age. Yes, it's uh, (laughs) it's very hard to come by actually. Yeah, because most people will be watching TV because I know you're only 27. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually I'm, I'm very privileged that I had that uh, connection with uh, my mum with uh, music, especially. So you mentioned that you had the Catholic upbringing, but um, I remember from our earlier conversation, Ben, you mentioned that their spirituality sort of went beyond that. It was more about sort of how they related to people. They were very big on teaching you about caring for others, weren't they? Yes, that's very true. Uh, both. <laughs> Both my grandmother and mum uh, were very spiritual uh, believers. Um, 
like yes, they had the Catholic uh, religion teachings and things like that, but uh, they had a lot of their own beliefs as well, and uh, both believed that uh, there was a form of magic that just sort of you know existed that we don't fully understand. Mm. And can you tell us more about what that is? That magic. Uh, well, the funny thing is, as I was growing up, my grandmother and mum sort of just had this sense of knowing things. You know, we used to constantly get uh, calls from my grandmother, you know, just ringing to make sure we were okay. And then later on, we'd find out that uh, someone in our family was uh, sick or had been rushed to hospital or unfortunately passed away. And my grandmother used to teach, uh, tell me a lot of stories about angels and, and things like that. And, you know, some things that weren't really in the Bible, but, you know, we, you know, have evidence of these things. It sounds like they they were psychic or, or your grandma was psychic. Yeah. Yes, well, <laughs> she knew it, it, wasn't in, <laughs> it wasn't until later on that I'd sort of pieced a lot of things together and realised that, uh, yeah, Nan, Nan was very much... Uh, yeah, psychic ability. Okay. Uh, just had a strange sense of knowing. <laughs> a strange sense of knowing. And can you remember your first experience of something unusual happening where perhaps you understood that we might be more than just our physical bodies? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, my first very surreal incident was um, uh, I grew up on a, a farm uh, between Yanko and Narendra, it's on the Murrumbidgee Irrigation Way. It's situated in the Riverina. And uh, the property that I lived on actually held a bit of uh, dark history uh, behind Australia involving uh, when the gold rush first broke out. And uh, there was an incident where uh, some people were murdered on our property over gold. And we started having a lot of strange occurrences when uh, when I was growing up. So what was the strangest thing that you had happen there at that property? The strangest incident that I had was I actually woke up uh, one night to my mum screaming in the kitchen. And as I've woken up, uh, I used to have a big glass window at my bedroom. And uh, just as I've woken up to get, quickly go check on mum, I've seen through the glass window a man with a straw hat and a lantern walking past the window and still in shock but I knew I had to go and check on my mum and as I was running up the hallway and got to mum she said that she'd seen the exact same thing and that's what really spooked her. Oh so where did she did she see him outside her window or in her room? Uh, Because she'd actually gotten up in the middle of the night to have a drink and she'd seen this man through the, the kitchen window and my bedroom window was the next biggest window up from the kitchen. Okay, okay, I and see. And, yeah, I, I'd yeah, race down the hallway and, um, yeah, mum described the exact same thing that I had seen. So, yeah, so you grew up on perhaps it was a haunted a haunted property, a haunted farm. Yes, very much so. And uh, a lot of, because it was a farming area, we even know a few other people that um, used to have strange occurrences happen, like uh, hearing a horse and cart walking around 
on the on the property. No one really had horse and carts on our property. Like yes, we had horses, but this was you know in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, and a horse and cart. It's a distinctive yeah. sound, I'd imagine, different to yes. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. And, and and not only that, the other thing that I recall too was uh, a lot of other people on our uh, farming area had a lot of big dogs. No one had small dogs on that farming area. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people used to say through the middle of the night that they could hear a little Jack Russell barking in the middle of the night. No one had one. But we'd later found out that the two uh, people that were murdered on our property, uh, a dog was actually murdered with them, and it was a Jack Russell. Oh, my goodness. So... Okay, so this murder is a historical murder, though, Ben. It happened in the gold rush yeah. days? Is, yeah. Yes. Okay. And uh, there's even a history of it in uh, the Narendra Information Centre of uh, the men that committed the crime, uh, Robert Campbell. Yeah. And he also went by the nickname of Big Jack because he was you know, quite a big big fellow and uh, he was one of the last men to be hung at the Wobbe Gout. Oh right. So this so this was the murderer. Yes, this is uh, the uh, strange man on the property, pretty much. Oh, so you think he's the one with the lantern and the straw hat, the killer? Well, that incident I think may may have been like a, a Chinese man oh. uh, from, from back in those days, because I know a lot of uh, you know, people migrated around looking for gold in in those times. Yes, um, but. Yeah, some of the some of the more stranger things, like uh, you know, just uh, footsteps around us when there's there's no one around on on that property. You know, we, we'd stop dead still and we could hear you know sticks and leaves crunching underneath, but no one to be seen. Okay, so one of the things about you, Ben, is that you can hear spirit voices, and we're going to talk about that. What I want to clarify first is I know that you went in to have knee surgery and something quite significant happened when you went in to have this surgery. Was it after yes. that that you began to hear these voices so clearly? Yes, because I'd, I'd gone in for just basic knee surgery. They just had to get in and do a bit of keyhole surgery and remove a cyst from behind the kneecap. And I later found out that there was some complications as to me waking up from that basic surgery. Right. I didn't think too much of it at the time, but there was a lot of things that I couldn't make sense, like uh, because my mother was there when I had knee surgery done. And, yeah, she'd put a few things on Facebook, and I, I was sort of saying to mum, I was like, well, you're right, you know, it's just basic knee surgery, you know. And she's like, oh, you know, you're, you're my boy, and you know, I really care about you. So you later found like, out oh, okay. it was more serious than you thought. Yes, yeah. yes. But you experienced um, something, Ben. Yes, because I was being prepped for surgery and, um, you know, they gave me the uh, anesthetic gas to go to sleep. And um, I all I recall before actually waking up from the surgery was just a, a very dark room, nothing, nothing in it. And then suddenly, you know, the, the room started to sort of illuminate just, Slowly, and and then after that, I I heard a voice uh, telling me that um, it's it's going to be a rocky road up ahead, mate. But um, 
you know, you'll, you'll get through it. You'll, you'll understand. And after that, I, I woke up from surgery and, yeah, things just were a lot different from then. Okay. So was this a, a man's voice? Yes, this was an elder man's voice. Um, I seem to think that it may have been my uh, grandmother's father who actually passed away uh, long before uh, I was born. And why do you think it was him? Just how how, how he spoke and just what was said, because I'd, uh, I'd mentioned this to my grandmother. And she sort of looked at me with a bit of a half smile and, and she goes, that, that sounds like my father or, or something that he would say. Mm. And then a few things after that, my nan started to tell me a little bit more about him and then, yeah, some things were a bit strange. <laughs> yeah, like um, I remember in our earlier conversation you mentioned that even though you never met him, talking about him with your nan, you realise that, there were things that you do that are like what he would do and, and that kind of thing. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Because, uh, well, I, I love to draw. Um, I'm a, a spray painter by trade. I, I love painting. I'm, you know, I'm a very creative kind of person. And uh, my, yeah, my grandmother was telling me that he was a house painter, but he also used to be a portrait painter and, and, and sell portrait painters mm. as well. But there was one thing that she told me that was uh, something that he used to do that I do as well. And every time I go to sleep, no matter if it's hot or cold, I've always got to have one leg out of the bed. (laughs) One leg out of the bed? Yeah. (laughs) And he used to do the exact same thing. (laughs) Okay. And tell us again what his message said. He told me that it was was going to be a rocky road up ahead, but you'll get through it and... You, you'll understand. So how long after the surgery did you begin to understand what he was referring to? Well, there was a few other incidents that sort of happened and it's funny because uh, my mum always had a saying that uh, things always happen in threes. And uh, I had I had the knee surgery and then not long after that I'd, I was in a car accident, in a, in a ute accident. It was uh, a bit yeah, serious, and uh, I'm actually quite lucky to have uh, escaped that. <laughs> and why do you believe you survived? What happened? Mate and I went into town. Uh, we were going to catch up with some mates and, and have tea, and I was actually going to go in and see uh, my mum as well. And, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd gone up a hill, and uh, you did lost control and, you know, spun around. We hit a tree on my side. I was the passenger. Uh, hit a tree on my side and then rolled over twice and as soon as we landed on all fours, it was immediately on fire. And uh, my mate's window was broken and he'd climbed through and then reached through and grabbed me and dragged me through. Do you think that was what your great-grandfather was referring to? Honestly, I really do believe that, just simply by a rocky road up ahead. Yeah. Um, not only that, uh, where we were, we were on top of a hill and, you know, quite a rocky area as well. Right. And I think that he may have actually been, uh, yeah, trying to um, let me know about that incident, but also let me know that I was going to be okay. 
Mm, but you will get through it, he said, yeah. Yes. And so since yes. that knee surgery, as you said, everything changed after that. So tell, yes. tell us about what happened. You kept on hearing what you call the guiding voice. Yes, because um, like not long after the knee surgery and the, the car accident, uh, I also had a bit of a um, situation with my heart and I found out that I have uh, cardiac arrhythmia, which is a, a slow heart rate. Oh, and okay. um, I'd, I'd actually gotten up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet and as I've stepped out of the toilet, I've passed out and I don't recall anything as to, you know, what had happened or actually hitting the floor. And anyway, I'd uh, split my chin open and cracked my teeth as well. Oh, Ben, went, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit painful. I had to get uh, stitches in my chin and everything as well. And mm. uh, I think the more scary part was uh, sitting there watching uh, mum watch me uh, get stitches in my face, which <laughs> I don't think she was too happy about. Yes. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I'd later found out after having a heart monitor on and everything that um, my heart had actually stopped and the doctor believed that the impact of a fall was actually what started my heart back up. And uh. then he basically went on to say that if you actually didn't wake up to go to the toilet, though, you may have actually died in your sleep. Oh, gosh, that's that's something to hear, isn't it? Yes, that that was uh, that that was the moment everything sort of changed in life, and I started looking at things differently, and and so many strange things were were happening from from that point on. Tell us about that, and about the other ways that you've this voice has come to you. Well, from that, I started getting incidences where uh, you know I'd be uh, you know talking to people, and then suddenly sort of hearing another voice over the conversation that's actually happening. And, and that was happening a lot with uh, family members, uh, friends, all, all sorts of people that I was, I was bumping into. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that? So you'd be talking, you'd be having a conversation, but then you'd begin to hear another one in the background. It's always like next to me, but also just a little bit behind me as well. Like someone sort of leaning into my ear to, to tell me, information and and I know it's over the the conversation happening because of you know that voice being sort of so so close so close and what sort of things can you hear can you make out anything about what it's saying I can hear people saying uh, or asking if I can sort of pass on a message to people it's almost like you know when you get a child that's uh, you know, sort of pulling away on your pants saying oh you know can I have this can I have that or <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's almost like that. Can, yeah. can you please just get a message across for me? You know, I, I know you can hear me. I think that's a really great way that you've just described it because we all have that experience of trying to have a, a conversation with another adult and then the little kid's coming and they're just insistent. So it's like yes, that, yes, is it? Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. It's exactly like that. Could yes. you give us an example, please, Ben, of a moment when that happened and who the voice was and what message they wanted you to pass on? Uh, well, one particular incident uh, I know of um, very clearly was uh, my partner's uh, mother. She had a heart attack uh, a little while ago, and uh, she, she's all right now. She's doing not too bad. 
that's good. And we'd gone up to the hospital to, to see her and, you know, make sure she was all right. And, you know, we, we sat there for a bit and spoke with her. And as we were there, I, I, I became, I was starting to get very emotional. And I started hearing a, a voice of someone saying, oh, can you, can you please tell my sunflower I love her very much? Please tell my sunflower I love her very much. Yes. Was this a woman's voice? Yes, this was an elder woman's voice. Okay. And I later found out that uh, my partner's mother, her mother, used to call her her sunflower. Wow, that is really, that's a really great story because my sunflower is not a common nickname, you know. That's very specific. (laughs) There is, yes. And I assume that your and, your partner's mother's mum had passed. Yes, uh, she she had suffered from a, a heart attack uh, when she was younger, and yes, sadly uh, she lost her mother at a at a young age oh. as well. Did you pass on that message? Uh, I did, yes, and and she, she was quite grateful. And did she? How surprised was she when you said oh, you said you know that she? Called her sunflower. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it, 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 it came. It came as quite a shock. Yeah. And, uh, I was. Yeah. I was very shocked myself. But um, yeah. That 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 had happened. Can you tell us about I, another? I was actually thinking. One particular incident, I'd lost a mate when I was about uh, 16 years old to a motorbike accident. Oh, that's sad. And um, I went to high school with him and and everything and, uh, you know, he was a good mate of ours. We all knew him and we were at the funeral service and one of my other friends was uh, quite emotional because, you know, they were um, close friends but they used to, you know, motorbike ride together Mm. quite a fair bit. He was that... uh, that true blue kind of uh, spirit, uh, and I just sort of leaned into my mate who just sort of wasn't coping too well, and I just said, "Oh, look, you know, true blue is letting you know that uh, everything's going to be all right, and you know he'll he'll let you know he'll let you know soon that he's 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 watching over you, mate." And uh, I think it was about a week after the the funeral, my mate messaged me and, and said, "Oh, you you wouldn't believe what happened." I was sitting in the, at a mate's place and we were talking about our friend that had passed and Hey True Blue, the John Williamson song, yeah. <laughs> had actually come on, on on a random song select while while they were there. And it was, yeah, he, he messaged me straight away to let me know and he, he was quite shocked himself. Yes, um, many times these messages do tend to come through music and you would go yes. on to have your own experience of that, wouldn't you? Uh, I've had many experiences uh, since since my mother passing, particularly. So, your mum and your grandma passed away in the same year in two thousand and eighteen. Then, tragically, you uh, you lost those beloved people in your life. Your mum, Lisa, was only fifty one, and she passed away from brain cancer. Is that right? Yes, uh, sadly, I've, I lost them both. Uh, both my grandmother and mother in the same year, uh, 2018. Uh, my grandmother passed away three months before uh, my mum did. 
and uh, Mum passed away on the 11th of June, uh, which is also another funny thing, uh, the number 11 that associates with uh, my mum. Yes, in what way? Uh, well, when my mother was born, she was born on the 11th of November, which is the 11th of the 11th. Yeah. But also born at the 11th hour to the 11th minute. Mm, that is extraordinary. 11 is a very significant number in um, spirituality and in numerology. And, and yeah. yes, and in numerology. Yeah. yeah. Now, and, sorry, go on. Yep. And, and then, yeah, of course, passing away mm. on the 11th as well. Wow. Um, now, before, so a good two years before your mum passed away, at the age of 51, you had a premonition, a very powerful premonition. Please tell us about that. Uh, yes. Um, well, in 2016, uh, I was starting a new job uh, in industrial painting. Uh, I'd been working with uh, automotive painting for quite some time and uh, you know, I was looking for a bit of change and uh, I'd started this new job. And uh, because of where this job was situated, I had to travel to this job and I was staying with my uh, grandparents for the time being until I found accommodation there. Yep. And uh, while I was there, I I had a dream one night, uh, a dream so surreal that uh, I didn't fully understand at the time that it was going to play such a major role in what was going to happen later on in my life. Tell us about the dream. Well, in in the dream, uh, I was walking up to a building that I was not familiar with. Uh, I, I knew that this building that I was looking at hadn't actually been built yet. Uh, also, in the dream, it was, it was pouring rain. And I'm slowly walking up to what is uh, glass sliding doors. And as I've walked into the glass sliding doors, I walk into a room. And as I walk into this room, I see a, a hospital bed with a, a sheet draped over the over the bed. Uh, I, I couldn't see who it was or make out who it was. But after waking from the dream, I knew... It, it had something to do with my mum. Okay. And uh, from that, uh, the the very next morning on my way to work, uh, I called my partner up and I I told her the the dream that I had. And and you know she sort of said to me, oh you know, what do you think of it? And I was like, oh, I'm not not too sure and sort of. Sort of left the day to think about it, and then mm. I've gotten home. And as I've gotten to my grandparents, I was telling my nan about it as well. And uh, you know, she she didn't really say too much at the time, but she what she said was, "Oh, uh, you know, what what will be, mate, will be. The you know, whatever whatever will happen, it's it's meant to be." And in in a in a soft caring, loving voice, you know, she, she always had a, a heart of gold, my, my grandmother. Mm. From that, I stopped that job. I immediately came back to Griffith uh, because that's, that's where mum was at the time. And um, 
I, I, I just had a feeling that I, I had to be back with Mum. Okay. And that, that time was soon going to be limited. Okay, so that very um, so the dream gave you that gift of urging you to make the most of the time. Yes, mm. because from from that dream, I'd learnt that you know I, I need to treasure what what time's left. Wow. And uh, yeah, uh, two two years later, that that incident happened exactly. <laughs> yes, so. Tell us a bit more about that, please, Ben, because it's quite a story about the night your mum sadly passed away. You heard a yes. voice. Uh, I was I was sitting at home. Um, I was quite uh, quiet with my thoughts. I wasn't really uh, saying anything, and uh, I I heard a voice, which was my grandmother, and all she said was, uh, "It's time." It's time. And I. I knew myself that she was only referring to one thing, and that was to mum. I'd uh, then got in the car, raced up to the hospital to to see mum, and uh, I found out off the the nurses that um, mum had had her final rites uh, said to her uh, earlier that day, and because of what was going on and a, a few influences of others, I, you know, I wasn't informed that information. Right. I, I went up off the off a voice that I heard. And uh, That's amazing. Yeah, so I, there was, sorry, if I can just, because that is amazing, nobody told you that it was nearing the end? Yes. And, Only and your no late... No had, had told me. Yes, yeah, the voice no of your late nan. Wow. Because man had only passed uh, three months uh, beforehand. That is truly amazing. So, yeah, that's so. No living person informed you for whatever reason what was going on, but you yeah. you knew to go because your nan told you it was time. Yes, exactly. And, and I yeah. later later learned that uh, the hospital that my mum was in, she was in the Griffith Private Hospital. Uh, that hospital actually hadn't been built until about uh, 12 months prior to mum passing. So that was actually the building that I'd seen that I knew wasn't actually there yet. So when, yeah, right, when you had the dream, you knew that this building didn't exist at the time that you had yes. the dream. That's, yeah, that's another extraordinary point. And how did you feel when you were approaching... I would imagine the sliding, did you see the sliding glass doors and all of that? Yes, because as I've gone to see mum and uh, off, off that instinct and, and hearing uh, man's voice tell me that uh, it's time, uh, it wasn't until I was actually walking to those glass doors when they'd opened and realised that this was exactly the, the building that I was, I was thinking of. And how did that make you feel to know that your dream was coming true? Uh, I, I was quite startled. Um, I'd, I'd constantly questioned that, that dream for so long and then it wasn't until that moment uh, that everything sort of pieced together and it wasn't until that very moment while I was walking to see mum that um, this, was, this was the dream. And so you were able to spend a little bit of time with her? Yes, and as as I got to the hospital, I've, I've walked in, I've, I've seen mum and uh, I 
I got to tell my mum that I loved her very much. And I said to her, my last words to my mum was, uh, I hope you find your place amongst the stars. That's a very beautiful thing to say. Is there a story behind why you would say that? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> before my son was born, actually, um, I was a bit, a bit nervous about being a, a first-time father, of course, as, as you do yes. when you're you first becoming a parent. <laughs> and uh, I, I was saying, I called mum one day and she said, oh, you know, come around this afternoon and we'll have a chat. And uh, I got around home and um, I said to mum, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit nervous about you know, being a father. You know, I, I really hope that I'm going to be a good father and set a good example of being a parent like, like how you have with me. And I, I asked her, I was like, what, what advice can you give me? And she just looked at me and said, mate, I told you your whole life, you've got the world at your feet. Now you'll know what it's like to have the universe in your arms. Wow. It's beautiful. And that was the most beautiful thing that I, I can recall my mum ever, ever saying to me, and I, I will never forget that. That is lovely. And what are some of the ways, Ben, that you've felt your mum's presence since her passing? <laughs> uh, since since mum uh, passing, um, I get a lot of messages through music on, on radio. Uh, a lot of mum's favourite songs come come on when uh, when I'm thinking of mum. I I also know that those those songs are my mum telling me that she's around and that she hears me and that she loves loves me very much. And, mm. you know, other things like uh, I, I constantly see the number 11 everywhere. <laughs> uh, not long after mum passed, uh, my partner and I went out for tea, you know, things like uh, table number 11, order number 11 and things like that. Mm-hmm. It was, it was uh, scattered messages of just mum everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And, and go on. Yeah. There was one. Uh, there was one particular incident where uh, my partner and I were, were talking about Mum one night and uh, saying how you know, we both missed her a lot and you know just so, sort of things that we want to do better with you know with life and you know in in her honour and, and memory. And uh, we we had to go do some grocery shopping, and we've jumped in the car and as I've turned on the car the the song that was on the radio was Aretha Franklin's I Say a Little Prayer for You and that was one of Mum's uh, favourite musicians and Mum also loved the Sister Act movies. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, a that's a very sweet message indeed. And and we, we both we both just looked at each other and we, we knew that yeah, we knew that, that was Mum saying that she she definitely heard it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I'd like to end by just asking you about some of the lessons you learned from your mum and your nan, because I feel that they could serve all of us, really. So what are some of the things that they taught you that you'll never forget? Uh, well, some of, some of the best things that I was ever taught by both uh, my mum and grandmother, even though, you know, sadly they had uh, health problems and things like that, they they always had such a positive outlook on life and always wanting to help people, just love meeting new people, just just loved 
being positive and just wanted to put hope and spark joy and in and positive energy to people in in times of uh, so much you know tragedy and chaos yes and 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 these were you know both both very influential people in my life and both very strong-hearted people and just simply loved giving back even though they were suffering themselves mm. and one particular quote that my mum used to always say to me, and it was from one of her favourite movies, Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great movie. Get busy living or get busy dying. Say, say Even, it again. Say it again. Sorry. Get busy living or get busy dying. Okay. <laughs> and my mum my, my knew that she, she was unwell when, when she found out about brain cancer, but she didn't stop living. She She always... You know, greeted people with a smile. She always wanted to know how they were. She she always wanted to help people and and just let people know that she loved her and that she was more than happy to do anything for them. And Mum always greeted people with open arms and with her doors wide open. Wow, that's powerful stuff indeed. And I think um, our listeners will go away with with something beautiful to carry from your story. So thank you so much, Ben. And my very oh. last question is the one that I ask all of my guests on the show. What can an experience with someone who's passed teach us about living? Like what I said, uh, I definitely think uh, from from what my uh, grandmother and, and mum uh, used to believe was, um, you know, always dream of a better tomorrow. And even though we have so many dark times, there's always a better tomorrow. And and we should always try and take as much good from the bad as we can and and to remain positive in life. Fantastic. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so very much for coming on the show today and sharing your stories with us. Thank you so much for having me. It it, it really means a lot to be able to uh, share my story with you and, and for you guys to have me on your show. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Ben. It's It's been our pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Ghost Files. If you have a story that you'd like to share with me, I'd love to hear it. Please email me at karinamachado at optusnet.com.au. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.